Welcome to the Remnant by Reclaim 611 podcast. I'm Paula. And I'm Candace. And we are excited to have a very special guest in here today with us. But first of all, if you all noticed, she said, I'm Candace, not I'm Carrie. So Candace is sitting in today with us for Carrie, and we are happy to have Candace with us. She is one of the co-founders of Reclaim 611. So hey, Candace. Hi, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. And we have a very special guest today with us. Her name is Dr. Stephanie Street. Dr. Street has a doctor of social work, and she... Her, speciali- her specialization is in disaster and crisis intervention. Um, she was a domestic minor sex trafficking task force member. Her research consists of a qualitative study on domestic minor sex trafficking from a social worker's perspective. Dr. Street um, is a school social worker, and she also teaches at Walden University in their Bachelor of Social Work program, and their Master of Social Work program. Again, she is a full-time social worker, so welcome, Dr. Street. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. You know, we normally start the podcast off with a story, and the thing is, Carrie's not here. Carrie usually has a story about how she met everyone, every every guest we've had on here. There's usually a tie with how Carrie met them. But this time we don't have that kind of story. We The story that I have to share today is uh, Dr. Street and I were just in a, a, a group together and I noticed something she posted, so I reached out to her. And she posted that she is participating in a national sorority pageant. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. So um, tell our listeners a little bit about uh, what that entails? Um, the pa- National Sorority Pageant is, this is the first year that it's occurring. Um, it's under the Royal Productions um, Pageant umbrella, okay. um, which consists of several um, pageants. There's American Beauties National, American Beauties Plus, and um, also American Beauties Prevailing Queen and Classic Beauty International. And of course, the national, I mean, yeah, the national sorority pageant, which is, that's the one that I'm competing in, in the Ms. division. Okay. And so how many people are you competing against? Do you know? Um, I don't know the final count at this time. Um, but all I can do is just focus on what I can do <laughs> and, <laughs> and keep a positive mind. Um, everyone so far that I've come in contact with them has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, and the pageant's going to be March 31st uh, until April 3rd, and we're going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. Wow. So you get to participate in a pageant. So what all do you have to do? How did you have to qualify to participate in the pageant? Um, well, this is, you had to have a platform, okay. and that's how my platform ties into you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, my platform is raising awareness on domestic minor sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And um, you had to contact the pageant and then they give you a list of requirements um, that you need to do to fulfill. Currently, right now, they don't have state um, pageants for their state queens. Mm -hmm. Um, It just turned out that I am Ms. Virginia um, National 
uh, sorority pageants. So each state is a little different, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it, I know once over the years that this is really going to get going. I think it's really only going to take one year mm-hmm. and then every, if the word's going to get out and everyone's going to find out, but if they want more information, they can just contact uh, Royal Productions pageants.com. Awesome. So I'm assuming you're in a national sorority pageant. So you are in a sorority. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. I am a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Awesome. Awesome. I had an opportunity to participate in a um, workshop with the Contra Costa alumni chapter um, out of California. They were doing um, a workshop for their Delta Gems, and they invited me to talk about um, sex trafficking. And they also invited one of our survivors um, to share her story. So that was an awesome opportunity for us. Um, and it's, it's amazing that we come in contact with again with another uh, sorority member who's a member of Delta Sigma Theta sorority. So that's pretty awesome. So your platform, domestic minor sex trafficking. Now, We've had several guests, right? And we've had several guests from all disciplines, mostly uh, medical. We've had uh, someone from Homeland Security. We've had someone from the governor's office here in Texas. We've had uh, survivors. survivors. (laughs) We've had uh, trauma specialists. And so we haven't had anyone from the education side. And so that's why I was so excited to have you as uh, a school social worker, because I just want to see or hear about your story and what it looks like through your lens as a school social worker. But before we go to that point, tell me about um, what what directed you or what led you to become a school counselor, school social worker, because I know with social work, you can go in several different areas, several different disciplines. So what led you to the school system? Um, when I was earning my master's degree at Norfolk State University, I you kind of dabble in different um, areas of social work. Mm-hmm. And I quickly weeded out what I didn't want to do. Okay. And that kind of left it. And then I did an internship in the school system. And I was like, oh, I really like this. Okay. And then um, I love the hours and I love being able to help the kids. I love when you have the opportunity to, in a really small community, you have the opportunity to have multiple siblings come through your school mm-hmm. and you develop these incredible relationships with families, communities, students. It's just amazing. Um in build, building that foundation, I found that there are so many things that can be taught. One, we're in school, in education, so they're learning all the academic work. Right. But it also has the potential to work on everyday life skills that these kids are going to need, mm-hmm. in addition to those that are going through crisis that may need some assistance, providing counseling, identifying if they're in need of special education services, linking them to outside resources. There's a lot of duties as a school social worker, but I just love helping people. And it's always been that way. 
that's that's pretty awesome. So um tell me about being on the task force for domestic minor sex trafficking. What led you to that specific task force? Um, I was a school social worker in a really small district and they had a task force in our community. And when we have that task force, as you know, you have multiple representatives from different organizations. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was representing a school system and I learned so much on that task force just because of the different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a role and then taking those roles and on the other side, learning to work together mm -hmm. for a common goal. And our goal is to end trafficking in our community. Mm -hmm. So um, with that being the goal, was it kind of a surprise initially to know that this is going on in your community? Um, yes. When I started getting the statistics, I I was exposed to it just a little, but I had no idea mm -hmm. how far this really went mm -hmm. until I joined the task force and they started um, law enforcement started showing us statistics and um, finding out some of the, those that were affiliated, some of the victims were right in my building. Wow. That I'm a school social worker. And I was like, okay, this is happening right under our nose. I haven't really heard it mentioned too much in the school system. Mm. Um, it, it, a little bit, it was limited. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that was just, eye-opener for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I have to get this word out to our community, to as many people as I can, because when a lot of individuals think about trafficking, any form of trafficking, many individuals' first thought is it's international. Right. And it is not international. Mm -hmm. So um, it is international, but it's also here at home. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm trying to get out there to everyone. So um, when our survivors were on, they told their stories about, you know, going to school and, you know, not really being detected, I guess, in the school system, right? So, you know, they didn't have this badge on that says, hey, I'm a victim of trafficking. Um, how did you approach some cases where you suspected um, trafficking, this this child was a victim of trafficking? What I've learned so far in the school system that has been a huge help for me is relationships. Mm -hmm. And being able to be consistent with relationships, if someone was referred to me um, with the suspicion that they may be involved in trafficking, um, Reviewing their records is one of the first things that I do because I have to find a way to get in. I can't just automatically go to that topic. Okay. So some of the things I may do is I may check their grades. I may check their attendance, um, may check to see if there's any behavior concerns. Mm -hmm. And then if I can find just that one crack in any of those, that's my end. Mm -hmm. And then once I get in, start building and developing relationships, um, with them and ask some of those important questions um, that may lead to that. You know, where do you live? Who do you live with? Mm -hmm. Are you working? How 
Let's talk about your friends. Um, what do you do with your spare time? All those types of things that will lead me into some of her personal thoughts and feelings in the way that she lives. Mm -hmm. And that's how I get started on it. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so have you had any uh, victims who were males? Um, yes. Okay. All right. Because I know sometimes people seem to think that it's just a female, you know, female uh, problem. It's just a problem where girls are violated, but um, boys are being violated as well, uh, are, are, are victims of this as well. So another thing in the school system. So let's say you, you're, you're getting this information and you're kind of building your case. I'll say a case, not really a case, but you're, you're gathering your information, right? So what would be the next steps? Because I, I realize that sometimes if, you know, it, it's a fine line to, re, let's say, report, because I'm sure you're a mandatory reporter. So when you report this to uh, whether it's authorities or CPS, and then they go to investigate the home, sometimes the child gets in more trouble because of the investigation. So um, have you had any cases like that, and how have you had to navigate those cases? Um. As far as trying to navigate that, again, relationships, not just with the possible victim, but my staff at school, um, relationships with them, trusting them. Um, again, I, I also think that's why it's so important for our staff to be made aware of some of the red flags to look for in in class. Again, them knowing their students when there's a change in that behavior, you know, for them knowing who to reach out to and reach for assistance. Um, I really trust our school resource officer. Okay. Every school district that I've worked in, I have been able to trust my school resource officer. And that is my go-to person as well. Um, also, I, if I have to go to CPS, on some cases, um, I know it's for the betterment of the child, of course, mm -hmm. and I develop a plan right away. I need to know with the CPS worker how this is gonna go and try to work really closely with them, mm -hmm. um, those that are open to that, and then also formulate a plan with the student. You know, Because if they are to go home and things get out of hand, mm -hmm. what's the plan? Mm -hmm. What do we do? What are your resources? So um, having that plan in place, make sure the social worker from CPS or law enforcement, the student, make sure all of us know what that plan is, that safety plan. Where are you going to go if you have to run out the house? How are we going to be able to reach you? How are you going to be able to reach us? Mm -hmm. All these things need to be answered. Those are really good points. Could you walk through a, a safety plan, what that would look like, building a safety plan with a student who you know you're doing a CPS case report on, and do you disclose to them that I am a mandatory reporter, I have to report this, and at that point start doing a safety plan and maybe some points um, that can we can take away for future safety planning with students? Um, 
I always make it known when I first meet a student um, about confidentiality and when I have to break confidentiality. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, in, that includes being a mandated reporter. Um, a safety plan is individuals that need to be involved with the student in case of a crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, in this instance, if it was a student that I suspect may be a victim of trafficking and CPS is getting ready to go into the home. So the student for me is, I'll ask them about if they're fearful, what are you fearful of? I need to know that. Are you fearful that your parents are going to hit you? Are you fearful that people in a community, what exactly, and then tell me when do these things usually occur? For instance, when you get home, if you're fearful, let's say your parents have been physical often or or physical period. So when that happens, what do you normally do? And then this, they may say, I ball up and I just stay in my room and I cry myself to sleep, whatever the story may be, then, okay, well, let's, see if we can devise a safer way to do what you're doing so it doesn't escalate to that. So there have been times that in a safety plan, and this was pretty extreme though, but it was a safety plan, that when the physical abuse started, they were to run out the house. They had a friend that lived two blocks over. So in the plan, I may say, where, what location are you going to? So we put that in a plan. The location was to leave the house and go to this friend's house. Also in the plan was to make the friend's parents know that this is their safe haven because you're not bringing trouble to someone's house and they not know it. Mm -hmm. And they need to be willing and open to do that. Also with that, um, make sure that they have numbers So you're in a panic. You're not going to remember phone numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, your mind is a million miles a minute. You have other things on your mind. You're get out. You're in survival mode. So how will you have numbers? Whose number will you have? Um, Is there medication involved? Dangerous medication that needs to be taken with you. Um, What happens if you go to that home and no one's there? What's your next move? Mm. So it's literally a detailed plan. Um, to ensure the safety of the child. Mm-hmm. Those are really good points. Thank you very much for walking through that. I think um, it's so good to walk away with just really concrete pieces for counselors and teachers to know what to do. I just had another follow-up question, if you don't mind, Paula. Go ahead. What have you seen like as a barrier um, for working with potentially trafficked students? What has worked? What hasn't worked? Um, again, like I said, as far as what's worked for me, because social workers, every social worker has their own style. Mm -hmm. They have what works for them. Um, we can't connect with every student and we have to understand that. And for me, um, being consistent with these kids, they need that consistency. They need to know that somebody cares Mm -hmm. on a consistent basis. Um, that we're not going anywhere. Regardless of what you do, we're not going anywhere. 
So um, also that they're not alone. Um, like you're not dealing with a student. I'm not dealing with a student for the first time. You're not the first possible victim. You're not the first student to feel depressed. You're not the first student to feel alone. There are others and there's gonna be others behind you. Mm -hmm. So um, just allowing them to feel okay about what they're experiencing, what they're emotionally feeling in dealing with, you know, it's not acceptable, but letting them know you can talk about it. You feel, okay, this is a safe spot. That's a huge thing, them feeling safe. Yeah. If they can't feel safe anywhere else, I really hope that the school systems are making a point for kids to feel safe at school. And I think that's why they have so many programs. Um, and they do have training in reference to trafficking. It's not as much training as I would like to see. Um, but some school systems are even developing positions um, like human trafficking prevention specialists. You know, they may have one in, in the whole school system, but we're slowly getting there. You know, unfortunately with the pandemic, um, it's really put a lot of a lot of that interest on the back burner. Mm -hmm. So which even during the pandemic, I think we have to be even more aware mm -hmm. of what's happening right now. And that's when you can run into organ different organizations that develop criteria for identifying kids and raising awareness to faculty and staff and students. Um, I know in my area, and I, I really think they're pretty much all over, um, they travel all over is Just Ask Prevention. Just Ask Prevention in my community is huge. They do a lot of good work. So I'm not sure, did I answer that question? Did you? You yes, answered the first part of it. The first part, okay. And what doesn't work yes. is the second part. What have been some barriers, yes. Okay, some of the barriers that I've encountered are just students not ready to open up about what they're experiencing. Or if they do open up, they don't identify with being a victim. They were like, oh, I can stop anytime. I can go home anytime. I can choose to walk away. No one's making me. And that makes it difficult. Mm -hmm. It does. It makes it difficult. Have you had to work through uh, a situation like that? Or, or when they do that, are they pretty much just sh shut off to the possibility of looking at it through a, new, a different lens and understanding that they really are a victim? Um, those that just kind of shut off and like, I'm not a victim, I'm, you know, I'm, that I don't fall in this category, I'm not vulnerable. Um, I don't meet any of that criteria. And, you know, then I'm like, okay, because it's not up to me to change your mind. Mm -hmm. I need to find out where you're at and start there. So we start there. Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't see yourself as a victim. Okay. How, tell me some things in your life that are great. Tell me some things in your life that are challenging. And just over the course of maybe several sessions, things might start coming to light about, 
their situation. And it might not. And if it doesn't, I will continue to be a resource. If you ever need me, you can, my door is always open. You can come back. It's not a limit on being able for us to speak or a certain time frame. Wow. I, I just, I think you're doing some, some amazing work and thank you um, for just having a heart towards, you know, domestic minor sex trafficking. Because when I, when I reflect on when I was in school, which was a long, long time ago, I, you know, we, we didn't have to, we weren't dealing with that. Um, maybe some of the biggest issues was, you know, if parents were on drugs, that may be one of the, the biggest issues. But other than that, we didn't really have to worry about this part of it, the, the sex trafficking. And I'm, I'm just really just intrigued about, I, I'm, and I'm hoping that many school systems adapt this human trafficking, uh, I guess, liaison or, or advocate at the school because, you know, with, with social media being the thing that all of our kids go to, we, we know that's where a lot of it is happening. And so thank you for what you are doing in the school system and, you know, just, just being that, that, that consistent person to be present for those children um, if they need someone to talk to or, or just need to, I guess, you know, j- j- just need someone to listen. And so thank you for that. Candice, do you have something else you wanted to add to it? No, I, I think um, thank you for stepping in to trafficking when you weren't asked to. It sounds like you saw it and you took it upon yourself to do more for these students and these victims. And um, it's really groundbreaking. And we're just so thankful to hear your insights. And I'm sure many, many people in the education system are going to take away some incredible key points that they can implement in their day-to-day work. And so thank you so much for going above and beyond what you were called and asked to do. So yes, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, our school counselors are great, you know, and and it's a team effort and we have to approach it as so um, because we can't do it alone. No one can do it alone, no matter how small your school system is, whether you're public or private, it it doesn't matter. Um, We have to do it as a team. All right. Well, we are getting ready to wrap up. But before we go, Dr. Street, can you please let us know again um, the website uh, for the pageant and when the pageant is, since domestic minor sex trafficking is your platform for the pageant. So can you please uh, reiterate that to us again before we go? Yes, I can. The um, website to go to is royalproductionspageants.com. And the pageant will be March 31st through April 3rd in Atlanta, Georgia this year. So I'm very excited about that because we're down to less than a month now before we get there. Awesome. Awesome. And if we have some people, some educators or social workers who may want to reach out to you as a resource for maybe some things that you have done or some insight or some guidance or mentoring, is there any way that they can contact you directly, maybe an email address or something like that? Yes. Um, My email address is Chester, C-H-E-S-T-E-R, Street, S-T-R-E-A-T, at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from 
from them and help any way that I can. Thank you so much. Well, guys, we are wrapping up our podcast for today. I'm Paula. I'm Candace. And if you would like to receive information about Reclaim 611, you can email us at support at reclaim611.org. Or you can check out the website at reclaim611.org. All right. Thank you so much, guys. And don't forget to step into the fight. Bye-bye.